Carrie's in the house. Amen. I hope that's okay. I hope it's all right. Fifteen years. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The book of Isaiah would call this a stream in the desert. That's finding something that shouldn't be there. If 100 of you people started a brand new church today, in five years, 80 of you quit. Those are real numbers. And of the 20 of you that survived in five more years, 80% of those are gone. Should Fellowship Church even be here? Unbelievable. Can we praise the Lord? This is the craziest thing ever. And that's how you know in your heart the Lord did this thing. Because it shouldn't be here. That's the proof. Proof's in the pudding, baby. Hey, uh, I didn't bring my glasses, so uh, here we go. Forget about it. No, we're good. My wife, Portia, didn't come. She has a conference. She's leaving at 11 today for a conference in Asheville, North Carolina. Otherwise, she would be here. And thank you all for praying for her mom and for the family. And we're happy in the Lord because her mom's happy now. And we're happy now, okay? But thank you, dear hearts that prayed. Thank you for that. We needed that. Uh, Fifteen year is a big deal, and I'm happy to be here. Gary called, and I come, and that's just what I do. That's just the way it is, good, bad, or indifferent. It doesn't matter. This is a red-letter date. This is a red-letter date, and what I want to talk to you about today Hopefully, if you buy into this, you can look back and say, yes, that was on the 15th anniversary that I don't do that anymore. You'll be able to drive a stake in it and say, that day I went from going here, now I go here. I don't do that anymore. I think that's important to remember. Men, anniversaries, birthdays, There's certain red-letter dates you need to remember. And you can do that today. Something in your life so you can turn your mess into a message. And we all got it. We all got mess. You might say you don't have mess, but you're lying like a dog. It's just who you are. It's the way it is. I want to talk to you. Oh, I got to get this on here. Hang on just a second. Stop it. Y'all know what this is. Everyone in here knows what this is. This is an elephant rope. A what? It's an elephant rope. But before I get to elephant rope, can I tell you a quick story? Is that okay? And it's about what you mean to me. Can I do that? Y'all do this. Someone says do this. Paul's telephone rings on Christmas morning. Rang early. It's his big brother on the other line. He says, I got you something, buddy. Look out in the driveway. 
Paul said, no, I do not believe this. He opens the curtain. Listen, y'all, it's shiny, it's red, and still has the sticker on the window. That is unheard of. He couldn't believe it. He could not believe his big brother gave him a car. About a week passes and he goes to the market. And on his way out of the market, there's this homeless fella standing there walking around his car. I mean, he can tell he's homeless, has nothing. He gets near the car and the homeless guy looks at him and says, Sir, is this your car? He said, it sure is. You won't believe it, but my brother gave me that car for Christmas. Gave it to you? You didn't pay anything for that car? He said, I didn't. And the homeless guy said, you know, I wish. And he hesitated just a minute. Paul knew what he was going to say. I wish I had a brother do that for me. But he didn't say that. What he said floored him. He said, you know, I wish. I wish I could be a brother like that. Y'all are a brother like that to me. When I come, y'all are a brother like that to me. And that's why I'm here. Because y'all are my big brother. That's who you are. And you, you love me. And I'm happy. I'm happy to be here. So thank you for loving me like you do. Thank you. I need that. I need that. Oh, can we get back to my elephant rope? You're an idiot. That won't hold an elephant. But David took little Davy to the circus, and they're walking by, and a lot of the animals are outside and the big elephants, I mean, these are huge. They're huge. And they're standing just inside a short fence. And they have that wrapped around their leg. Tied to a stake. And David looked at that. He said, that's crazy. That elephant could break that rope anytime he wants to. He said, y'all need a bigger rope than this. That ain't going to work. That's not going to hold that elephant. But the trainer walked over there. And the trainer said, no. That rope will hold them. Of course, when they're little bitty elephants, we tether this around their leg and we tie them to a stake. And they try for like maybe an hour or two. But when they get older, they forget. They get used to it. That's a terrible thing to get used to being tied to something. That's a terrible thing. And it could have happened when you were little. And at the time, you couldn't break it. But today, hopefully, hopefully in your case, like in mine, you can reverse that curse. You can make a change today. And no, it was on the 15th anniversary of Fellowship Church. I don't do that anymore. I quit. So that's why I'm here, but I want it to be an encouragement. Don't want to pull it down. But I'm going to go to three spots in the Bible, hopefully if time will let me, and uh, going to look just briefly at a couple of things. Sometimes if you make a change, maybe you've got to do something radical. 
It won't change if you don't. You can't wish to get better and get better. You've got to put some legs under your prayers. Can you all say amen on that? You've got to put some legs under your prayers. It's the way it works. It's never easy to turn this mess into a message. Let's go, Roger. Here we go. This is Ruth. Little four-chapter book. Take you 20 minutes to read it. Great book on relationships. And probably everyone in here knows all about Ruth, Naomi, the whole crowd. You probably know everything about it. But I have one thing in here that I want you to see. In order to make a change, you've got to do something radical. How many are here from somewhere else? You moved here. How many of you actually enjoyed the move? The picking up, the loading, the getting all the stuff, the yard sale before you leave. How many enjoyed that? One. Two. Let's look at Ruth right here. It says, now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled, there's no kings in Israel yet. There was a famine in the land. A certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He, his wife, and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech. The name of his wife, Naomi. The name of his two sons, Malan and Kilian, Ephratites of Bethlehem, Judah. They came to the country of Moab, and they continued there. Go back one, Roger. Go to verse 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled, there was a what? What is a famine? What does that mean? They're going to starve to death. So what are they going to do? Are they going to sit there and lay around and beg? Are they going to do that? Is that what they did? The Bible says they moved. And really, that's all I want to see here. They got desperate. Anybody in here desperate? You might have to move. What does that mean? You can't stay where you are. Whatever this mess is that's pulling you down and it's holding you and you can't get away, you got to move. You can't stay there and not get better. Now, if you want to stay there and just keep on living the life you're living, stay there. Otherwise, you'll have to move. You could have a famine in your vocation. I hate my job. Well, maybe you could take some classes. Or maybe you can change jobs. Okay? Might mean moving, doing something radical. Maybe a famine in your finances. We can't afford this big house. My wife and I sold our big house to our daughter. By the way, hey, Renee, if, I, if you're watching. And uh, we built a smaller house. It's been a blessing been a blessing there could be a famine in your relationship well y'all he only hit me once he promised he would never do that again you may have to move if you're going to get better if not just stay there be a punching bag it's pathetic there could be a famine in your testimony and this one I see all the time. <laughs> I see it all the time. I really do. So, y'all, the whole thing out of the book of Ruth is that 
This man took his family and moved. Probably wasn't easy. Wasn't that far south of where they lived? 30 to 50 miles? It wasn't far. But when you're walking, it's a pretty good walk. Pretty good walk. So they moved. Now let's go to this. In John 21. After these things, Jesus showed himself to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, which is the Sea of Galilee. On the wise showed he himself. There were together Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, sons of Zebedee, James and John, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter says to him, I go a fishing. Now we're looking at something here that's pretty radical to make a change. They say to him, we're going with you. They went forth, entered a ship immediately. That night they caught what? Are these professional fishermen? Do they know what they're doing? Y'all do this. Let's see what happens. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Excuse me. Simon says to him, I go fishing good. When Jesus was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Disciples did not know it was Jesus. They don't know he's standing there. And they're out there fishing. Jesus says to him, Hey! Got any meat? In other words, hey, how y'all doing out there without me? How y'all doing? How are you doing without him? You got any meat? You got any meat? Without him. They said what? They said what? And he says to him, cast your net on the right side of the ship and you'll find something. They did. They weren't able to draw it in because of all the fish. You never know, folks. But in so many cases, the blessings are right under your boat. Now, you don't have to move. They didn't move. But you have to change your focus. Oh. I hate my job. I can get one anywhere. Well, my mom and dad are the dumbest people on the planet. Why don't you move your net? Why don't you just move your net? You're never closer to your blessing than when you've fished all night out of your clothes. Peter fished out of his clothes. You hear people, yeah, he ran out of his shoes or he fished out. This guy's naked. That's how hard they fished. Hey, how y'all doing without me? I hope you're not doing without him. Just move your net a little bit. That may be pretty radical for you. You know, I've never done it that way. This could cause an issue. This is the one we're going to end on. Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour 
There was a man lame from his womb 40 plus years. He was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to beg. Who's seen Peter and John about to go to the temple asking alms? Peter puts his eyes on him when John says, look on us. He gave heed to him, expecting to get something. Why? Y'all say, he's a beggar. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Took him by the right hand. That is significant. He took him by the right hand. Why did the Bible say he took him by the right hand? Why didn't the Bible say, and Peter took him by the hand? Why did he say right hand? I'll tell you in a minute. Very significant. And lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He leaped, leaping up, stood, walked, entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Where's the first place he went when he got mobile? Where's the first place he went? Somebody say the temple. To thank God. That's nice. All the people saw him walking, praising God. They knew that it was him who was the beggar at the gate. They were filled with wonder and amazement that which had happened to him. Wow. Okay, Roger, go. Here we go. This 40-year-old man was used to his infirmity. That's sad, y'all. That's sad. It's sad to get used to being held to something. That's sad. You don't have to do that. If you're a member of the family of God, you have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ in you to break that. But sometimes we just don't think about it. We're so used to living where we've been living. It's hard, y'all. He was used to being carried. Every day, this guy was used to being carried. He was used to sitting in the same spot. This guy was used to begging. He's used to begging. That is terrible. That's terrible to get used to being a beggar. Being a beggar is not all about not having enough money. Being a beggar is a mindset. Hey, my name's Jimmy and you ought to give me. That ain't funny, y'all. That's a mindset. Pitiful to get used to begging. Look, y'all need to give to me because I'm used to living off the benevolence of other people. That's why you ought to give me. I don't want a job. Don't give me a job. No, I don't want a job. Why would I want a job? Well, you'll give it to me. 
I'm used to getting over. Hmm. It's sad. Now, Peter and John come by at the hour of prayer. And this lame man is laying there, same spot, carried, can't walk, every day. Same people, same yellow dog sitting right there by that small tree. Every single day. And this lame man looks at the crowd that's coming by. He's watching them. He thinks these two guys are just another couple of passerbyers. Why? Because he's used to being there, right? Can y'all say yes? He's used to seeing them there. Just like a lot of church folks. Well, this is just another Sunday morning. You going to go? Oh, I don't know. Bring me a cup of coffee and I'll tell you. Am I lying? No. This is not just another Sunday morning. If you buy into this, you can make a change today. And you can know when you did it. And be free of whatever it is. Are you living in the rut? Are you there? Are you just going through the motions? That's sad. That's sad. I love Fellowship Church. I love Fellowship Church because I'm excited. Because when I'm coming down here and I'm driving, I may not know exactly what's going to happen, but maybe I know something is going to happen. And it's going to be mine from then on. And I'm going to claim it and I'm going to take it back home with me. I'm excited to be here. Dear, if I ever get to where I can't walk, don't you take me anywhere or let them take me anywhere that's dead and cold. I get bored too easy. Don't put me in a place that's boring. Are you kidding? Really interesting here, they never preached to him. They didn't even pray over this man. Preaching don't fix everything every time. Preachers love to preach. They think something comes up in church, they preach about it. Nothing wrong with that. Preaching didn't fix this man. Prayer didn't fix this man. They didn't stand there and say, Lord, this poor man right here, he ain't walked. They didn't do that. They spoke to the situation. Why don't you... That's what I did. That's what I did. I'm wearing a little wristband here. I know you can't see it. Folks, I don't do this. That's radical for me. I don't wear chains around my neck. I don't wear sandals. I don't do this. This ain't me. But I got this at a David Jeremiah rally in Raleigh. It says, I'm a Christian and I will vote. But y'all, I look at this every day and I see Christ on that word Christian. I broke a 60-year habit. I used to bite my nails and could not stop. I'm in my truck sitting over close to Beck and I said, Stop biting your nails. 
And at times I was trying to give this little bracelet the credit. It wasn't the bracelet. But I did put it on so I could see I have Christ in me. And I can do all things through who? That strengthens me. So I broke a 60-year habit. I got used to my fingers bleeding. It's so odd I scratch my head and it feels like someone else is doing it. It's crazy. I mean, I scratch my face and my face is bleeding. I'm not used to it. Oh, what I'm trying to say, guys, instead of, instead of begging for a fish, Every afternoon when you get hungry, why don't you do something radical and move and learn to fish? You'll never be hungry again. Preacher. Praise the Lord. Good work for Brother Terry today. Wasn't that good? Wasn't that good? Unusual always is. I love you, buddy. I love you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm going to tell you something radical that your pastor has to work on. Many times I can speak unkind. I'm used to fixing people. Telling you just the way it is. And I'm pretty good at it. And people need that. But sometimes I speak unkind. I'm just used to being the boss. You hear me or not? It's the way I am. I get stuff done. But speaking to somebody unkind is not right. Are y'all listening to me or not? And yesterday I spoke to my brother, of all people, unkind. And he's not used to hearing me do that. Now, it's not easy for me to just sit here and tell you that. What is it about you that you could definitely change? Amen? Are you hearing me or not? One of the reasons people like coming here is because I just try to tell you the truth. You hear me? I imagine if there's something in me that could use some change, and there's probably something in you that could use a little changing too. What do you think? Why don't we just pray about it right now? You do what you need to do. Lord, just, you've heard me, Lord. Kim deserves the best husband. The kids deserve the best dad. Terry deserves the best brother. Fellowship Church deserves the best pastor. I want to always grow, Lord. I don't want to be in a rut. I want to change my focus. And Lord, that's for me. You know me, Lord. You see me naked. You see everything I've ever done and do. And yet you didn't throw me out with the trash. 
Help me and others to not believe the devil's lie that things are always going to be like they've always been. That we can't change. That we can't get better. Help us, Lord. We reject, we reject that because we need you, Lord. So, Lord, I pray for myself. Lord, I pray for others here that have things they'd like to say on the 15th anniversary of Fellowship Church. We got rid of the elephant rope. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord, guys. Appreciate it.